This is Jeremy Renta. And this is Amy Solara. And you have discovered Mantra and Magic. A podcast where Eastern philosophy meets Western magical practice. Oh, hey. So for everybody who wasn't on the phone call with us just now, um, we were talking about the (laughs) summit that I did this past weekend. And one of the things that came out of it is the idea of integration. And um, we touched on it a little bit in the panel on Sunday with Andy Murphy and Brie Bird. Um, But Jer and I have talked a lot about integration and what that means, what it looks like, how it's different for everybody, and kind of what that process is. And we learned it through plant medicine, primarily. Like, wouldn't you say? Did you start doing, I mean, I didn't start actively using that word and engaging in the practice until plant medicine ceremony. Yeah, I mean, that was, uh, that was the first time I'd really heard it. and I had done therapy before and that type of thing, like going through divorce and that type of stuff. And none of the therapists that I worked with ever really used the term. Um, it felt like, uh, it felt like more of a, because it is such a huge experience, like being there for a full weekend or even like the first time I sat, I only sat for one night. It's like, it's such a life altering experience that you literally do have. And I'm trying to get better at call me out. If you hear me say literally now, I'm trying to go through and uh, remove words from my lexicon. Go back and listen to some of our old podcasts. I was like, "You're getting better you know, at your sense." Say that way too much. Yeah. Um, the um, uh, the process, you know. I also expected when I when I went and sat the first time that it was going to be a uh, like it, it was going to become a a pattern of me going back and sitting. But I thought it could be a one and done because I'd heard of so many people going and sitting and having such a huge shift. Uh, after their first experience that it was like, yeah, my life changed. And then, you know, I kind of went into whatever else. Um, And it was, I'm still integrating stuff. Like this past week was, um, I cleared a lot of stuff from the last time I sat, which was in Peru two years ago. Like I had a lot of stuff that came up that was like, it was hiding underneath a lot of the things that I was dealing with, uh, with family darkness. A lot of like, family demons that I have kind of felt have been um, uh, affecting pe- men. I want to say the, 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 the paternal line um, on my mom's side and on my dad's side for a long time that was uh, literally finally kind of started to clear. And I talked about it before too, about doing some work for my uncle, like clearing work for my uncle. And he passed, you know, in 2016 or 17. Um, so having those types of things that have been, co- that, that come up and like, being okay with having to sit with the process, you know, cause it doesn't all happen at once and it doesn't, things don't integrate necessarily quickly. A lot of the times I never understood that with people who like, you know, I've been going to my therapist for five or six years. Like what the fuck? <laughs> Why are you paying them? You're obviously still, you're not getting anything out of it. And that's definitely the case when it's, whether it's plant medicine or anything like the, the time that it takes for stuff to integrate, um, you know, it's, there's not a time limit on it. You can't put a timetable on it because um, since this is an energetic thing and since this can go back multiple lives or throughout your family's lineage, because you know you have your own past lives which aren't connected to your current family. And then you have your family's bullshit that you have to deal with when you come in. You know, like there's so much stuff that you get affected by from being raised in a house full of pretty much children because adults don't get an adult handbook. They just kind of like, they, we reenact the same damages that have happened to us because we can't integrate it. We don't know how to actually like process the thing through. So um, I think for, for us again, and I think for a lot of people too, we, we've kind of talked about how people who can sit with a mushroom or, or sit with other plant medicines and have such a huge shift. Um, just like, yeah, you would you're going to have a huge shift, but like, how do you take the lesson that you've learned or the things that start to come up for you? And how do you allow it to go down the funnel? How do you allow it to process and actually be integrated? Like you said, uh, into your routine or into just your, um, your healing, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, there's 
there's so many things that you said in there that I like want to touch on. One of them, um, just from the very beginning when you were talking about like not wanting to repeat words, not mm -hmm. wanting to say the same thing over and over again. That's something we talk a lot about in yoga teacher training. When we speak during class, we try to limit the amount of words used so that the words are more clearly understood mm -hmm. and students are able to follow along in a better way where they're not lost in what the teacher's saying. Um, and maybe you read a poem at the beginning or end or, or story or something, but during the class, instead of saying, now look back at your right foot, casually lift it up in the air and take a big stretch as you inhale, you just say, inhale, right leg high. <laughs> so mm -hmm. there's this like kind of um, paring down to the most necessary and fruitful words. And I think that's a, a huge part of integration that a lot of people also don't think about. We, we're pursuing so many things, we're interested in so many avenues, and we repeat things constantly. But when we're able to go back and review, then we start to develop the awareness. And then once we develop the awareness, then we get to develop the practice. And right. it's like, at this point, oh, I just caught one. I don't like to say like anymore unless I'm making an actual analogy. <laughs> Mm -hmm. <laughs> rather than use it to describe something or use it to say that someone was speaking in a specific manner. So I'm trying to remove like, I'm trying to remove um, I'm trying to remove all of these unnecessary filler words that are indicators that I'm not thinking before I'm speaking. Mm -hmm. And it takes years and that's what integration is. And that's something else that you said that I love. It takes time. As a society, we are not used to things taking time. Even just the concept of one and done on ceremony. Mm -hmm. What yeah. you said with the idea of you being able to go for one weekend and boom, being done for life. I have a feeling that for people who do experience that, it's because they really can't handle anymore. They, their, their paradigm would just be too radically, insanely unintegratable. <laughs> it would just be <laughs> in the space of, of them not being able to move forward with life. They would be too shocked out of their their present reality whereas someone who goes in for more i think it's like one of two things caught the like again you so that's that's the awareness of like going back and being able to say okay i'm repeating this word because i'm trying to speak quickly um so i need to slow down but when we when you and i were going back consistently we were seeking not only truth, not only clarity, not only knowledge, not only all the good things, we were also seeking the bliss and the high and the experience of getting out of the, the world that we didn't enjoy anymore. Mm -hmm. And then we both very clearly got the message, you don't get to come back mm -hmm. <laughs> until you figured this shit out. Um, and so that's something I really want to stress for people that it doesn't even have to be plant medicine. It doesn't even have to be formal ceremony that maybe you or I or another practitioner is leading. It can just be a specific type of experience that you clearly get the message. You don't get to experience this again because you're using it as an escape. Mm -hmm. Therefore, you are not integrating the lessons. You're simply right. taking a break from life. And that's spiritual bypassing. And so right. you either get spiritual bypassing or you get integration. And, and it's a choice every time, but you have to be willing to put in a lot of hard work to not spiritually bypass. Right. Well, I mean, we are novelty seeking creatures as human beings. It's like um, being able to go and have an experience like that where uh, you know, I've said numerous times, like the first time that I sat in ceremony, it was everything that I thought it was going to be and more just because hearing people to talk about it, like listening to Aubrey Marcus and other uh, psychonauts who have discussed it and talking about the experience of like it being a life review and you also having like the sacred geometry stuff that comes up for you and having, you know, uh, being able to meet these uh, energetic entities that may come into the space to work with you or angels or whatever, you know, whatever these, whatever ends up kind of coming in because it's also not the same depending on where you're sitting, what plant you're sitting with, where the plant was grown, like the, see, now I just did it. Now I'm going to catch myself. Um, um, 
the medicine that our shaman served uh, at the place where we sat in Joshua Tree, it's Hawaiian. So the feeling is completely different from the medicine that comes from Peru, which is a lot more earthy, a lot more masculine, and has like a has a much more grounded feel to it. The uh, it's the yellow, right? The yellow chacruna that they bring in from from the uh, from the where they grow it in Hawaii um, has a wave like feel. It literally feels like you're in the ocean. Literally is another word that I want to remove from my lexicon. So keep me keep uh, keep an eye out for that one. Um, literally and uh, and uh, and but uh, it, it uh, and uh yeah um but it um it feels you feel very held and just like the ocean it can feel like a tidal wave it can feel like a tsunami you know it can feel like there's a, a a hurricane going on because you get super super stirred up and then you're washed up against the shore and you're like oh i think i'm feeling okay i'm feeling a lot better and then i know that there have been times yeah there have been times when ceremonial end and i will say that too about where we have sat the um the shaman and the, and the people who are keeping the space, the, the guardians are super mindful to make sure that everybody has kind of cleared what they need to clear. And that even if you still are going to journey a little bit more, you can, you can step out of the space and go and kind of like talk about it if you need to maybe eat a little something to kind of start kind of getting back in your body. But there have been times when I, you know, I've sat before and I'll go and I'll talk for, you know, an hour, an hour and a half. Um, and then suddenly out of nowhere, I'm like, I'm going to have to go back into the dome. I need to be in a safe space, you know, and you go and you get back into it. And it's like, all right, well, I'm going to be here for another, you know, 45 minutes and you have more things that kind of come to you. Um, so the way that that stuff comes up too, um, I feel like, you know, if you haven't had an experience like this before, and it also really depends because there've been times when I've sat, and I haven't had anything happen, a, a month would go by and I would go back and sit as a guardian again, take a smaller dose or maybe the same dose. And then it would be, it's like the blinds on the window. You know, it's like somebody like yanks the blinds up and you're like, oh my God, it's just so incredibly bright that you can't take everything in you, or you literally flinch back. And there have been times when it's like the message is super quiet and super subtle. And it's kind of like, Hey, you remember that thing you thought about last week? That was, you were right. It's like, whoa, seriously? Cool. This is great. That was so much easier. And then you barf and then you feel better, you know? So it's, it's interesting too, for me that it's, you know, and Aubrey Marcus had discussed this too, where he's like, he stepped out of plant medicine ceremonies where he was doing things like Aya and then moved into just working with flower essences, you know, working with rose petals or working with certain things. And that is incredibly powerful. Um, I mentioned it last week or the week before last uh, about using sage. Um, I literally took sage, like flower essences of sage once last week. And the stuff that cleared was old, like childhood trauma, like pre-verbal stuff that was coming up. And I'm like, I don't know where this, where this has been. So that's another thing I think about integration is being aware of the fact that once you start kind of hammering at the dirt, you might completely, it's like going to be an avalanche, you know, the, the stuff that may come out, you may not be prepared for and you may not expect it. I think that happens in yoga too. Yeah. It doesn't have to, I mean, we, we're talking about plant teachers today, but there can be so many other practices that bring up this type of um, release in order to see. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's why I like you, you mentioned the barfing. So with ayahuasca, <laughs> if you've never sat in a plant medicine ceremony that uses a plant that's a purgative, right? You can sit in tons of plant medicine ceremonies mm -hmm. that don't use purgative plants. Ayahuasca vine is a purgative and it's mixed with the trocuna, which releases the DMT, the dimethyltryptamine that allows for the visions to start dancing in front of your eyes and inside your head and outside of your head. But um, a lot of times that I have sat um, with, with Mama Aya, I don't start seeing a whole lot. I'll start feeling sensation in my body, but I won't start seeing visuals until I, the first purge. Right. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a vomit purge. It can be um, crying. It can mm -hmm. be laughing. It can be shaking, S sweating. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It can come out in so many different ways. The body releases in so many different ways. And this is something people are starting to experience with 
Anton's primal flow style of yoga, there's intentional mm -hmm. shaking that happens because people who've done um, trauma release energetic work know this. When you shake the body, when you physically shake the body, mm -hmm. you are releasing so much stored trauma. And so that mm -hmm. happens a lot in plant medicine ceremony. But now that people are doing it in yoga, they're like, why is all this coming up? Why am I being <laughs> confronted with this? Why are my emotions going nuts? Like, I didn't expect to cry today. It's like, well, your body stores things. And this happens too, I'm sure, a lot for you with people on the table when you're doing massage mm -hmm. therapy. They don't realize what's happening and they have to integrate the lesson that's coming up for them and they might not know how. So right. when you have a client who maybe is confronted with past trauma or with um, maybe even some sort of ancestral lineage that they're holding, because I've heard of that before, where their back is repeatedly tense in a certain spot and it's not actually theirs, it's their father's or their mother's or their grandfather's. Right. <clears throat> um, how do you help them pinpoint first the lesson and then the steps to take from that as a, as a healer, as a, as a practitioner. Right. Uh, well, I mean, having people on the table, one of the reasons that I love, um, Lomi Lomi style of massage, which is more like full body sweeps. You know, you'll start at the, at the, when you first start, at least when I first start doing a session, you'll do like the standard back protocol, but then you do a lot of like full leg sweeps all the way up to the, up to the shoulder. And like, there's a, a lot more of the body being able to completely um, allow the energy, energy to move to other places so that it can clear. So they may have emotions that come up. I'm, I, um, I don't necessarily, um, I don't necessarily push verbal uh, processing on the table because I want people to be completely in it and then allow them, allow their body to somatically deal with it. Like uh, if they want to be able to discuss it, if they have something that comes up, I think that's fine, but I think that that once you you're starting to move your energy again to your head, if you're getting out of your body and you're trying to think and process, I'm just this thing came up and I want to like discuss it. It's like you're you're kind of out of the experience, and the energetic may not have been the energetic may not have been completed, uh, completely moved out of where it was. So um, if people do have stuff come up, usually I'll ask even at, at the end of the uh, I'll call it a ceremony because that's literally how I practice. Um, at the end and ask them if they did have anything that came up for the most part, people aren't really ready to start discussing it because my sessions are incredibly long. Um, and I, I'm not a therapist. I'm a massage therapist, but I'm not a clinical therapist. So the whole, the whole ability to actually verbalize and kind of put it down, I want them to do on their own too. Like the integration I've, we kind of had that same experience with sitting in plant medicine. It's like, don't start talking about it. Don't start thinking about it. If it's there, you can write it down, journal, but like if you start to kind of like try to put words to it, you may, you know, you may have false memories that, that you start to put on top of it or like, you know, somebody else may be talking about something and you're actually, you were actually experiencing whatever they were dealing with. It might not even be yours. So um, allowing a client to be like helping them to kind of get back embodied uh, is, that's my goal. You know, and it's the same thing with doing plant medicine ceremonies. It takes time. Like if you're going to go see a therapist, you're going to talk about your problems. It may take four or five years for you to get some stuff up and to, for you to understand it. And the same thing with body work. Like if you're just going in for physical relief, then go to massage envy. If you're actually wanting to process some stuff and it's, it's my massage practice is like my yoga practice. It is a part of my yoga practice. It's a lot of breath work. You know, there's mantra, like all of these things are integrated just like everything in our life should be, you know? So yeah, that was a long answer to it. No, short it's question. so beautiful. It's such a beautiful answer. This is something that I was working with the All Souls Coven School this week is um, every time you start to question what you're feeling, um, go back to just feeling. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Try to get out of your head, into your heart, into your gut, right. into your body. And I love that you're directing that as a facilitator. I think a lot of times I revert to the mental processes because that's my natural state of observation and wanting to observe the feelings as opposed to feel the feelings. Right. And so that's been a huge integration practice for me because I used to either check out 
and and push the feelings down or I used to get like tidal waved by them where I couldn't mm -hmm. function um, right and I had to like just stop all communication with people I didn't know how to process the feelings so I think being able to fully sit with them so that they don't bottle up and then explode is huge but also the idea of journaling as a tool that even though it feels mental is actually really really good communication with oneself because mm -hmm. if your goal is to just record the experience you can go back later and it can help you re introduce those thoughts those images and those feelings into your consciousness because a lot right. of times you you think to yourself or at least i do i'm gonna remember this i'll mm -hmm. remember all of this this was amazing how could i ever forget it i don't even remember half of what happened during the time that i was giving birth <laughs> <Like> <laughs> so i feel like uh, that was a huge huge uh tool in the beginning was to be able the minute that ceremony finished and I was lucid enough, I was um, present in my body and in my ability to see clearly and use my hands clearly. <laughs> Once I was in a state where I was functioning on that level, I would grab my journal and there's been so many times I've gone back to it and just read it and just been blown away by the relevance of mm -hmm. that imagery to what i'm going through at the moment that i pick up the book again right. um or to the ceremony that i just experienced that harkened completely back to that other one and how it all connects and so i don't want people to shy away from journaling for fear of being in their head i actually want to encourage journaling because one you can free associate you can mm -hmm. literally just write the words that you're feeling like sad 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 depressed pissed angry, whatever, and you just, you're getting it all out. And, and you can also write joyful, grateful, joyful, grateful. Um, you can just write the emotions and kind of see where you are that day. And you can record the entire experience. So you can say, well, I opened up sacred space. I called in the directions. I called in my guides. I started to do this yoga flow. I felt my breath shift. And suddenly I felt compelled to lay down on my mat and close my eyes. And i went straight from Shavasana to the Samadhi experience and I was seeing geometric patterns like I had in plant medicine and had no idea how I had gotten to that point. But I remember these specific guides were being called in. So perhaps if I follow the process again, I can get to this point again and you can start to, or at least I can, I've used it to start to build on work so that I can repeat what's coming during the lesson and therefore integrate it better because instead of just getting right. it once i can try and access it and i think that's something too that a lot of people just keep going back to the plant ceremony because they want to get back to that same point and they don't know how mm -hmm. and part of integration is learning how to get to where the plants have taken you without the plants being physically present in your body in an active way right there's always right. going to be some residual neuron shift that the plant has activated. Well, it's a patch, right? It's like, it's going yeah. on and it's, you have like a computer patch. So it's like, it's yeah. there. It just hasn't, maybe not hasn't launched or it's, you know, it's something that you're not experiencing, like you said, actively. Yeah. So it's like learning how to click that, that file and open that right. file again without inserting the CD. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know if like kids these days know what that is, but, um, yeah, I think it's that feeling where I remember the very first time that I experienced psilocybin and it was done in a really beautiful way. It wasn't done in a very traditional ceremonial sacred way, but we had a bonfire. We were outside. There was no city around. We were in the woods and I was just fully connected to the stars and mm -hmm. I've been trying to get back to that point of understanding the stars since by studying astrology, by yeah. devoting my time to being able to go outside and notice when Venus is on the horizon at sunset versus sunrise and really analyzing it in a way that I can remember and hearkening back to the bits and pieces I have of that experience that the mushrooms were taking me on in terms of a journey through the stars that I wouldn't have ever seen 
as possible prior to their being introduced into my system. But since then, I know it's completely possible for me to get to that point. I just have to learn how. Right. That's, I think, one of the reasons why uh, pure research on psychedelics was kind of, it was definitely shut down in the, in, at the end of the 60s and 1970 when they put the big, like the ban on pretty much anything. Yeah. Um, but there's, it's, it's inconsistent, right? Like one of the other reasons that you do a fast beforehand or you do like a, you know, you follow the dieta is so that you are, you're getting as much bullshit out of the way so that the plant can do its work without interacting with alcohol or without interacting with wheat or soy or cheese, or sugar. You know, it, sugar. Yeah. Any of these other things that actually have a consciousness of their own, which may trigger part of the, the negative experience that you have when you're, when you're in a psychedelic state. I mean, that's, people talk about having a bad trip and it's like, if you're, if you're not plan, it's like going on a road trip, literally. Like if you don't plan accordingly and you don't check the air in your tires and you, you know, you don't put gas or windshield wiper fluid in and you get 200 miles outside of your house and your car breaks down, that is what you're doing. If you go and you sit in a ceremony or if you take mushrooms or if you're doing anything with, a, with hopefully a more mindful bent and you're not planning ahead and you get there and then I, I remember very vividly, I know we're going to get to the point where we start to kind of talk about some of the experiences that we've had in ceremony, but I remember very vividly having this experience uh, once when I sat where it was relatively early in the experience. Um, I was, you kind of go, <laughs> I talked about this too with uh, different people. I don't know if we've discussed it, but like if you've, if you've planned accordingly, as you start to kind of drop into the space or ascend however you want to see it there's this from my experience there's like this bazaar of thoughts that you go through and it's literally like walking through a bazaar in india where you've got all of these different vendors trying to sell you ideas and different baubles and it's like check this out do you want to have this experience for the next 20 minutes yeah cool and then you kind of like you're you're sorting through it it's almost like getting through a satellite field above the, uh, the above the earth and i remember you know, having that experience, realizing that I needed to get out of the bazaar <laughs> so that I could go and do my work and having this, it was like a, it was like a, a, a the only way I could describe it is like a, a, a globe, like a world. And it was this sphere that was near me. It was a gold sphere. And as I started to get kind of close to it, like the gravity of it started to kind of pull me in and my body started to react to the thing that was there. And it's like, that's not what I want to do. And I could see like on the thing that there were like chains and loops, like earring hoops, that type of thing. And I was kind of like, I don't want to be stuck to this thing for any amount of time. And I literally had to pull myself away from it to make sure that the gravity didn't pull me into the experience. And it was like going past the death star as I'm like, all right, let's just keep on going. So I think part of that is maybe things that are in our, in our field. Maybe some of that stuff is things that other people are dealing with. It may actually be stuff that is in the magnetic field of the earth, but some of it is actually stuff that's in our body. The whole idea of purging is to not get stuck to that thing, not get stuck to the energetic of like thoughts or, or memories that we have and to not get stuck to um, certain foods or things that we've eaten because there's karma inside of that stuff too, you know? So whatever that is that I didn't want to be bound to it and then allowing myself to move past it and purge because I remember getting, I remember purging shortly after that too. It's like, whatever this thing is, just kind of let it move through. So are you there? Oh, there you are. Yeah. Sorry. Low power mode on the phone. Um, okay. That's so interesting. That's so fascinating. I've never experienced that. Really? No. Um, when I, when I, uh, begin to experience the medicines activation, I think is the best way to phrase it <laughs> within my system. Um, when I start to feel the shift out of everyday reality and into altered spaces, right? Um, I typically, the majority of the times, first feel the physical sensation. It's like, a tingling that spreads everywhere. Um, like my body's getting ready mm -hmm. for something. And then this deep weighted heaviness of complete relaxation where I have difficulty sitting up. I have difficulty mm -hmm. keeping my eyes open. I have difficulty opening my mouth. And it's usually during the muddy bees when we're calling in the animals. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Someone starts singing muddy dee, muddy dee. And my whole system just 
collapses. <laughs> um, and there's a sense of having to get through a wall almost. And it's like, once I'm able to break through the wall of sensation and of complete and utter relaxation, then the purging usually starts. And then right. once the purging starts, I get into a space of, um, what am I releasing? What are my intentions? And they always say this in ceremony, go back to your intentions, go back to your prayers, go back to your intentions, go back to your prayers, call on your guides, call on your guardians, call on your teachers, ask mama Aya to show you eyes open, ears open, like very clear interaction with, with the energy as it's taking you in or as right. it's taking me in. Mm -hmm. Sorry to make it my own story. Um, and, and I've, I would feel much more able to traverse that like little, I, I mean, we both experienced like a before moment, which is fascinating, but it's entirely different, right? Mine's mm -hmm. like this thick fog that it, it's a veil. It feels like right. I'm passing through a veil. And once right. I get through the veil and I release, then the release is usually whatever's left in my system that doesn't belong there. And right. the times that I have done the strongest dieta, I've had the most connected experiences, but I have not necessarily purged less because my right. body was still clearing out toxins. It was still clearing out all of the insane things that we come into contact with as part of our everyday world, our everyday life right now. But my body was much, um, much more able to release its hold on my spirit consciousness and allow me to travel further right. when I did the dieta in a strict way and there were only a handful of times like less than less than five times where I got through the veil part I got through the purging part and I got into the opening up to okay so what what do you want me to see and and had this blast like that's the only way I can describe it where I was Every single time I was completely laying down because it was the only way I could get my spine completely straight mm -hmm. because I would keep slouching <laughs> if I was not. <laughs> and I, I needed my spine completely in alignment and I worked on clearing the chakras. And once those channels were open and the snakes were winding up, um, there would be this little boing and just like crazy mm -hmm. opening up of the third eye. And I remember each time it happened, I, it was like watching a tear in the space-time continuum. Like I was moving through some kind of wormhole stargate portal and it would open up and I'd look through and they would be celebrating on the other side. Like, another human did it! Congratulations! <laughs> Welcome! Welcome to the party! What do you want to know today? <laughs> it was this um, insane array of beings and and they usually appeared to me as simultaneously individual and completely unified where mm. they had individual thoughts and expressions and even forms sometimes but they were so connected to the rest of their race species whatever it was um that they could all unify at one point and look at me in the same way or from the same lens and be completely in communication with each other to where I couldn't keep up to what they were saying, but I could hear like one laugh and then another one respond. Mm -hmm. And so they were both completely whole into themselves and completely connected to each other. And I was right. like, oh, that's what I'm aspiring to. I'm aspiring to be so evolved as a being an interdimensional being that i can exist in that state right and the medicine showed me that i can actually contact them that i can communicate with them that i can directly see them that i have the capability of rewiring my brain in order to be in that state in this lifetime which mm -hmm. is mind-boggling Mm -hmm. and that I don't actually need Mama Aya to hold my hand to do it. Right. And so the, the, best, the best experiences I had were when, like I said, I was in a very devotional, dedicated state of 
detoxing myself prior. Right. And I think that's what's pushed me into living a lifestyle of dieta rather than just engaging in dieta with ceremony. I mean, I'm doing ceremony every two weeks at least. And now every week because I've got <laughs> the coven school. So I basically have to stay in a constant state of dieta. Right. For me, in terms of the way that I feel comfortable as a facilitator, I wouldn't feel comfortable as a facilitator if I was engaging in a lot of the things that I used to, that I used to think, oh, that's harmless. And now I remember there was one point where I was throwing up in her kitchen. It was after ceremony <laughs> and we were all like there to eat and we had all come out of the room that we were having ceremony and we were in the kitchen of the house. And I all of a sudden just was hit with this wave of sensation mm -hmm. that was putting me back into plant ceremony state. And I threw up in the sink and I looked at it and I thought to myself, that's sugar. Mm -hmm. All of that that just came out of me was sugar and candida and, and the dysbiosis that is caused by, and I could see the whole digestive system working to get rid of it because it was a poison in my body. Mm -hmm. And I did not fully integrate that lesson in the sense that I did not fully eradicate sugar from my diet until last year. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and even then I was still little bits and moments where I, I felt like I needed to celebrate. And then I thought, Oh, what is it that I have to celebrate this way? Right. Where celebration is still poisoning. And mm -hmm. it's this continual lesson of, I used to have this pattern. I used to have this pattern. Now that I've removed this external substance from my system, I can hear a whole lot better. I can see a whole lot better mm -hmm. when it comes to things that are not in this dimensional reality, in this physical reality. And so right. I think that's partly integration too, is having the discipline to admit to yourself when you're still engaging in something just because it feels good, not because mm -hmm. it's actually good. Right. Yeah. Um, I think part of that too is, uh, you know, the, again, we talked about being a materialist reductionist, uh, saying that if things don't have a physical form, then they're not real. Um, and part of what we're doing by putting more of that stuff in our body is, um, is building up more of that, uh, more of the material, literally. Yeah, you know, it's like um, the world is, or the universe is membranous. It's very membranous. Us to be able to like express emotion or for us to be able to like send thoughts to other people. Like you've, you've had that experience where you have like kind of a psychic connection with somebody or someone that you really love or an animal even, because animals don't have words, you can tell what's going on with them. And the more that we drink, the more that we eat, not to get on like a soapbox, but the more that we eat, the more that we drink, the, the less that we treat food like ceremony, um, the more of, like I said, the karmic baggage that we're putting into our system, the more that we're feeding yeast, which, is, uh, which causes a biofilm that is literally a web you know, of, of things that are inside of our body, which keeps us from being able to express energetically in whatever way that it is. Um, you know, your, your skin gets tight. you you have sinus, uh, sinus drainage. Like this is another thing when it comes to clearing and ceremony too, like the way that stuff comes out is bizarre sometimes, you know, last week when I had this thing that came up, um, I, I cleared some stuff that had happened from Peru. And then I had this, uh, I had this really deep memory of something that I had done and that had happened to me when I was a kid. And you know, my tears were thicker. My mucus was thicker. Like there's, it, it's this, this stuff is coming out of your pores, coming out of your body. And um, two of our other shamans that we worked with uh, that did a lot of work with um, Eboga and uh, the frog that did a lot of clearing in that way for people who, people who were dealing with heroin addiction and other types of addictions, they told me of experiences of, um, having somebody who would come in and they, they may be microdosing, but they're doing, uh, they're doing the frog ceremony and they would clear and it would be, you know, when they purged, it would be kind of like, it would be kind of clear and then it would be kind of yellow. And then when they come back and they clear again, it would be kind of green. 
and then they come back or it, sorry it did it doesn't reverse they started out where they would purge and it was like black it's like you know when you vomit something up it's just like really really dark it was almost bloody like your body's kind of purging it out then it would transition from that to almost like a bile color to a green and then to a yellow and then to clear so that what you're clearing out it's just like um uh i'm not sure if it was hippocrates but uh you know some of the some of the old greeks who talked about doing flushes you literally do um a colonic until the water that's coming out of your body is clear like you're getting rid of everything so that the skin can be just the skin and then you don't put more stuff on top of it for a while so that it can actually heal and you can clear out the you know the skin that's in your uh your um your digestive tract so seems like it's the same thing there it's just depending on which way it's moving whether it's coming up or going down and you know it's something else that's been interesting for me in the past couple of weeks um there's there i've been more sensitive in my stomach you know it's like i'm feeling places in my body that i haven't felt in a long time and you we all carry our our pain and we all carry our um our energetic baggage in different ways you know some people have some people have jowls some people have you know might have uh, fat on their arms some people might have like uh love handles some people may just carry it in their hips you know there are certain areas where the energy is not moving and that stuff you know we end up collecting sugar we end up collecting fat and different things in those places and those those emotions don't move so as i've been clearing more and more the past couple of weeks uh i'm i'm feeling my body again and i'm remembering you know when i was a kid i actually could feel my body there's places where you're not supposed to be numb you're not supposed to be you're supposed to be able to pinch your your love handle and feel it it's not supposed yeah. to be like you know like a, a this a, this mesh that we've got around our gut so more and more of the um the massage therapists that i talked to in uh denver as well are doing a lot of um intestinal massage they're learning how to do uh, that type of thing to, to get you know, a lot of the nooks and crannies uh, moving for people who do have, um, you know, constipation issues or, or, or who have, uh, who do eat a lot of their feelings, you know, they just kind of are trying to put something on top of it. So yoga is a big part of that, doing a lot of twists where you're, you're getting into your core and you're actually starting to kind of move some of that stuff out of the way. Being aware, um, as we've talked about with some of the mantras too, about what it is you might be holding in certain areas. Like this stuff is not just, it correlates to your liver for whatever the hell reason. This is, there's stuff that might not be working properly. So if you're having trouble where, you know, sugar's not being processed or you're having trouble processing fat, then it may be, you know, the organs that are related to that. And there's possibly something connected to that. So we as a society like, have a lot Egyptians of sexual had, trauma. had so much associated with each of those organs. Like each, right. the, when you look at the way that the Egyptians mummified people, they specifically sought out these organs that were clearing centers and mm -hmm. glandular centers like the ones that had to do with the release of hormones and the distribution of hormones and the um, release of toxins from the body those are the ones that they really emphasize and when you look at their placement for the chakras it corresponds directly to pineal thyroid thymus like mm -hmm. it just it goes all the way down and it's kind of eerie how they had these systems and i mean anybody who believes in Atlantis knows that they already knew it and that the Egyptians were just reviving something that was old information. But um, I was watching something today about it and just thought like, yeah, there's a reason that we do certain yoga practices. Like you said, there's a reason that my chiropractor will do muscle testing and then say, okay, we need to shift your kidney. It's a little low. <laughs> and mm -hmm. dig his hands into my abdomen and like slide <laughs> the fascia because it's all connected. And we mm -hmm. forget like, oh, maybe I'm carrying it differently in this way because there's an energetic block or an energetic right. um, buildup and it can't function. And so we need to release it on this level. Right. Um, and we're lucky that we have the tools that we do that have been passed down to us when it comes to sound, when it comes to movement, when it comes to hands-on healing therapies, because mm -hmm. not everybody has access to those. And, mm -hmm. and that's something else that I didn't bring up as much as I would have liked this past weekend during the summit talk with Inner Alchemy Summit, but that you and I have talked a lot about before. And it's the idea that our culture 
believes that healthcare should be a fix, not a prevention. Mm-hmm. And that you go to the doctor when something's wrong and they treat the symptom, not the And cause. that it's something that you have to fucking pay for. That drives me crazy. <laughs> well, I'm... I'm up in the air about that because I still think everybody should be paid for their time, regardless of whatever it is they're doing. But well, yeah, but the fact that you have system that, of money. That we we have to have health insurance. That you have to have a you know, and you can't trust your own intuition to take care of yourself. That's the thing. It's like you know, a lot but of like all of this. Like we all of this journey. Pay. Sorry to interrupt, but I feel it's like okay. we wouldn't have to pay if we had a prevention-based system. If I, everybody I agree. Had wellness. But there's also an education factor that's in there. You know, it's like the, the what got me on this journey in the first place was I had health issues that I was not getting answers from the guy that I had to pay, you know, out of pocket to go see. You know, I had to make sure that I had insurance so that I could go and have them tell me to put cortisone on spots on my body. I'm like, I could buy this over-the-counter thing that's, you know, that's not going to fix the problem. So doing research and, you know, it there is that's part of the problem too is like doing research on your own stuff and becoming your own doctor you can become a hypochondriac you can realize that maybe that's not the right answer or you go down a path for you know five or ten years like i have uh in certain points in my life and and realize that you know that wasn't actually the thing that was the issue but the like where do you get your answers from you know you can go to a naturopath like it's becoming people are a lot more mindful and conscious of it nowadays than they were, like I said, when I started this journey in 2009, um, for my, my physical well-being at least. Um, and you can, you, know, you can find somebody who has a better understanding of possibly the things that you're dealing with. But I think every, person, every person's body is going to be different. It has to do too with the types of medications that you've been on. I was on Adderall for 10 years of my life. You know, I, I was taken, I, I took... Um, uh, I was overprescribed uh, antibiotics numerous times, you know, from different mm-hmm. doctors and including times when I was like, I feel terrible. I just want you to give me a pack because I, I have to go back to school or I have to go back to work, you know? Yeah. And again, that was stuff that was from an educational standpoint, I didn't know better. The doctor either didn't know better or, you know, didn't care, which I can't really blame them for that either. You know, it's just kind of like, yeah, you're like you said, you've got a job. You, you were, you took six months of nutrition or six weeks, whatever it was like, the whole system has been so broken. And I think reclaiming, uh, reclaiming your power is, again, this is what kind of led us to magic too. You know, it's like, what, what can you do to, to feel better? Well, I can eat healthy. I can take my own spiritual practice back into my own hands. You know, I can take my physical practice into my own hands. I don't have to do bench presses and curls like guys in high school were doing where that was all you did. You just, you did a repetition of lifting something heavy 10 times. I'm like, this is stupid. This doesn't seem super practical. Which is why functional, functional exercise has become a thing. Right. My biggest thing lately, and it cracks up blue and quest is, uh, Bollywood dance videos. Like Mm -hmm. I do that for fitness because it's crazy intense cardio. You're in goddess pose majority of the time. And this action. Yeah. It's so good. It's all like, it's amazing um and and you just do a couple of those a day maybe a yoga practice that's i I rarely get a full yoga practice here at home right if i get out of the house then i'll get a nice one um and something that i think goes with uh all of that both what you were saying about the z-pack and zithromycin and and exercising in a way where you're listening to yourself is listening. We mm-hmm. numb so much. Not only do we want to fix, we want to numb. And my parents were really well-intentioned when they kept giving me Dimatap every day mm-hmm. and aspirin every day. And I would list seven to eight medications on the, what medications are you currently taking form? Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I was on Flonase, Zyrtec, Singular, Pumcort, like, could list all of them because they were trying to prevent me from feeling bad. They didn't mm-hmm. want me to feel pain. They didn't want me to feel sick. They didn't want me to feel bad. But my body was screaming, I am not in a healthy state. I'm not in a healthy state. And instead, we were just numbing that voice and saying, Don't listen to her. Let's pretend we're fine. Let's just right. take this medication until we feel fine. 
Yeah, and antidepressants. It's the same thing. You know, it's like exactly. don't feel those emotions. Just kind of push them down. Let's not let's not talk about that right now. <laughs> and I think that's that's another huge piece of integration that people leave out. That goes back to the very beginning. What we were talking about is feeling. Literally mm -hmm. sitting in the feeling, not trying to push it away, not trying to fix it, not trying to do anything to remove it, but to actually move through it. Yeah. And say, I'm going to fully experience. I'm choosing to fully experience. And my every time my dad hears that I have a migraine or something, um, he says, well, why don't you take anything for it? I'm like, because then I wouldn't know when it was done. Yeah. I wouldn't know that I was getting better. I wouldn't know that I had done the effective amount of magnesium and potassium to get myself <laughs> back into a state of healthy hydration because clearly nursing two babies and bleeding and exercising all at the same time is not sustainable for this <laughs> physical body. Um, so <laughs> I'm trying to find the balance and the migraine is an indicator that I have not hit that balance point yet. And if right. I was just to numb it out with Excedrin, like I used to do when I was 21, 22, then I wouldn't be listening to my body and I would be using up my life chi. Like, yeah, and then you fuck you up your liver. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, and I, I think a big part of this too is, uh, and it's something that I definitely do with my clients as well, and incredibly grateful for Lindsay for doing for me, is uh, giving permission. You know, it's like the goal is to get to a point where you don't need it from an outside source, but being able to give somebody permission to, to be okay with the things that have happened with the things that they have done and to just like for you to accept it for someone else gives them the opportunity to accept it themselves, which is a big part of integration because if, you know, we've all done bad things in our life and if we ignore it or we act like it didn't happen or we kind of talked about it last week, like going to a, a priest and saying it, you're not necessarily experiencing it and allowing it to process through. You're just saying, yes, this thing happened, which is another thing that happened for me last week. This is something that I've thought about that I, uh, that has you know, happened from when I was a kid and I didn't, I thought about it kind of like, well, maybe I could apologize to for it, you know? And, but it's just like, it's still kind of there. I wasn't really thinking about it. And then, literally naming it, verbalizing it, putting it out in the open and letting somebody else hear it. You know, I, I kind of mentioned a couple of weeks ago that I didn't really believe in the 12 steps. And I guess part of that is because I don't understand them completely, you know, making amends for your, the things that you've done wrong in life doesn't necessarily mean going and apologizing to the other person because it might not be, that's not their cross to bear, you know, and it may not be that they're ready to deal with it. You bring something up that they're not ready to talk about. And it's kind of like, Oh my God. So being able to give permission to somebody else is a big part of it. And giving, being able to give permission to yourself too, to just like, to be okay with the fact that that happened. It's like, yeah, that's really hard. And maybe that happened, maybe you did this because you were trying to integrate something that had happened to you. You know, realizing that a lot of the things that we do in our lives are because we're like trying to understand it. You know, we just, it doesn't make sense. And when I was a kid, I would see my, you know, my grandmother and my uncle and, and other family members, you know, drinking heavily. And I was like, I don't get that. And then I got to a certain age where I started smoking and I started drinking and I'm like, I still don't really get it, but I guess this is what you do as an adult, you know? So I think permission is a huge part of it. Like being, being uh, compassionate with yourself and with other people, which again is another one of the steps when you're doing, when you're in your yoga practice. Clarify that for me. Per when you say permission, what are you giving the permission to do? You're, you're giving the permission to just feel it. Oh, Literally, it's like, yeah. it's, it is okay for you to feel this. It's okay for you to talk about it. It's okay for you to look at it and address it. Like, that's really the first step, right? Like the whole idea of like, uh, the first step in, in solving a problem is admitting you have it. Like, it's okay. You can, you can talk about it. Anything that's super hard, you know? And like I said, we, it's been hijacked by a lot of religions that you go and you sit in a dark box and you tell some dude through a screen that this is the stuff that you've done. And then he's completely disassociated with it. He's like, we'll go do 10 Hail Marys and a couple of our fathers and, you know, everything's cool. Like, we'll call it square. Or, you know, if we're still in the age of uh, indulgences, you know, give a couple extra hundred bucks in the offering plate this Sunday and we'll call it, we'll call it okay. Oh, so, my God. Yeah. I mean, so... Uh, I love how I, you take notes. This is the first time I'm actually watching you do this. Like having you take notes as we talk about things is so fun. I do this every time. I, it, yeah. 
it's the only thing that keeps us on track. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it helps with the show notes later, right? Because if right. I have to write like the synopsis, I can look back at what I've written. Um, the two times that I didn't do it, I was like, I had to re-listen to the entire episode and take mm-hmm. notes. Um, right. We're almost at a close anyway, but I, I want to maybe like dive into this more deeply next time. But that first step that you're talking about of permission to really sit with it, permission mm-hmm. to really feel and see and acknowledge whatever it is that you're experiencing right. goes so perfectly with the first step of alchemy. Mm-hmm. So uh, alchemy only has seven steps, not 12. It's a faster <laughs> way to God. <laughs> <laughs> you talk to Bill about that. But it is um, the very first step. You have to add acid to really dense metal and then mm-hmm. fire underneath it calcination mm-hmm. so you literally light it on fire until the acid breaks down the most disgusting metal that is lead right it mm-hmm. breaks down the poison it breaks down the most dense matter that we are aware of and it turns it into ash it turns it into something that can dissolve in water mm-hmm. and then those all of those particles broken down the second step dissolution you go into the unconscious you add the water to it so you Mm -hmm. stir it in water until it's so completely dissolved that you can't tell the difference yeah the water's a different color now but you can't see the individual particles anymore and Mm -hmm. you can start um noticing that they themselves are elementally changing it's no longer this dense matter and you're able to start to filter it and that's the third step is the separation so you filter out um, all of the various components by using different tools and techniques Mm -hmm. and you're left with stuff that you can sort and you can Marie Kondo that shit and say does this bring me joy (laughs) no put it over there does this bring me joy yes keep it and you and the way that they say it in alchemy is you literally get rid of anything that's unworthy mm-hmm. of you. Anything yeah. that is not worthy of your time. Um, that's not a worthy substance to keep. And you're left with something that's um, ready to kind of start to solidify a little bit more. And it's this middle point. It's the fourth point. And I love it because it's like the chakras. Once you get to the heart chakra, once you've built that super strong, solid foundation, then you get to start doing the fun stuff. Mm-hmm. And, but you, you have to pause here and acknowledge that you're coming from a place of really good intentions, of right. compassion, of love, of acceptance. And you have to do it all to yourself first before you get to go up. And the mm-hmm. spiritual bypassing is ignoring all of those first and just trying to go up without right. doing the work. Um, and so I think Aya makes you because <laughs> you can't not focus on what's down there. Um, but it is that alchemical process of putting like, acid is the tough points in your life coming in and destroying the ego that is the lead. That is mm-hmm. this thing that you think is a solid substance that you think mm-hmm. cannot be changed, that you think exists unto itself without being able to be affected. And then suddenly the acid's like with the fire <laughs> underneath going, Ooh! and the two together, like are the ultimate transformative thing, because then at that point you can tap into the unconscious, which is the water and it can't right. flow in until the ash is there. And mm-hmm. so that really is the integration process of first you have to be willing to break down everything you think you know and then you get to dive in to all the rest of it but you have to be able to feel it right water is feeling and emotion just as much as it is unconscious intuition mm-hmm. and the two go hand in hand you can't tap fully into one without the other and and then you get to start doing the work at that point, which is the separation. <laughs> it's like you get to because then you're aware. Then you get to say, I say literally too much. I say like too much. Mm-hmm. I say um too much. I say too much. <laughs> <laughs> um, 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 um. So, yeah. So, yeah, let's talk about alchemy next week. That sounds good and magic and mantra and how all of it plays together with the four 
five building blocks, depending on which way you look at it. I like to say four building blocks because I feel like when the four elements come together, it creates the fifth. Mm -hmm. But well, that can be fifth, something we can hash into too. Yeah. Well, I think you have the the fifth is the is the the entities on the other side of the veil having the party. You know, that's that's like, hey, let's go hang out in this forum for a little while and enjoy chocolate and sex and you know being able to read you know that type of thing being able to feel vibrations because you have dense matter so mm -hmm. yeah, yeah there all those people having the party on the other side are like i can't wait to incarnate again it's been <laughs> yeah because they want they want this planet to to up level itself i think they keep having like round table conferences where they're like well this group seems a little ready, but the rest of this group is definitely not prime directive material. Yet. Should we, should we send down another Messiah? Eh, let's try it. Krishna is like, not again. <laughs> <laughs> like, do I have to come back as a fish? Yeah. <laughs> oh man. I kept hearing Avilokiteshvara all day today. Just like that name. Mm-hmm. Does he have a mantra? Uh, I mean, that's compassion. That's mm -hmm. uh, got a lot of that. I've been holding this book here. Oh, that's um, Yin, huh? Yeah, same thing. This is the Avalokiteshvara is the, I guess, technically the male energetic. But let me see. I think we've got a, I think this book's got an Avilo. Avalokiteshvara, 187 and 189. I love how beat up and dog-eared this book is. <laughs> um well it's the om vajra sattva hung so we've got a little bit of that mm -hmm. 187 uh yeah there's the um uh namo kwan shien pusa yeah. namo kwan shien pusa which i can uh, i can definitely do that one for this week um, Kuan Yin is the Chinese feminine form of Avilokiteshvara. Among the Buddhist archetypes, Kuan Yin is a source of great compassion. The consciousness may expand, the knowledge grow, and the spiritual abilities manifest. But without compassion, these are little better than dust or straw. Jesus indicated this when he told us that without love, we have nothing. It is the same idea here. The Kuan Yin mantra infuses the consciousness, uh, the, infuses the consciousness envelope surrounding the earth with dynamic compassion which manifests as grace and mercy, two of my favorite words. Chant the Kuan Yin mantra and know that you are contributing to the growth of dynamic compassion everywhere. Definitely yeah. get, get down on some of that action. This is also the alchemy of as within, so without, mm -hmm. right? The more that you concentrate on forgiving yourself, on loving yourself, on having compassion for yourself, then the more you're able to experience that with what, is perceived as the other right um i i thought of loka samasta suki no bhavam too also omani padmeham also ho'oponopono every single one and i kind of i think i might do ho'oponopono as okay. kamala this week just because good then they get different ones depending on your mayor I'm totally down with that. I, I will admit that I haven't been doing the 108. I do the breakdown and then I do it for, I usually do like a, a 10 minute um, uh, attunement for the mantra. Um, yeah. And it's, uh, it's been a, a bit since I posted one up. I did a whole bunch of stuff at the beginning of May. And since we're getting close to June, uh, it's time for me to, to get back into getting some material up. Um, I do want to say, um, I know you had a big thing this weekend and we kind of talked about, I talked about wanting to do stuff in the, in the secret are in secret, but um, Lindsay and I uh, released our first um, single this past week, which I'm super proud of. Um, our friend Rob Ricardo helped us record it last February when he was in town, and it was just, it was finally time for us to let it go. So if uh, it's posted on uh, my Patreon for any subscribers, anybody who's, who's got it, or you can find it on YouTube, you can find it on Spotify, you can find it on iTunes. Uh, the song is called Unveiled, and uh, yeah, super proud of it. Um, means a lot to both of us and i'm glad to to have it out there and be sharing it with people so that's so exciting you always talk yeah. about recording now people get to finally hear you exactly yeah go enjoy me plucking the guitar and Lindsay's voice and i do a little bit of harmony and singing at the back end of it so yeah, yeah. um yeah we were listening to it 
And the boys were like, who is that? I'm like, you know them. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, can we listen to Lion King? Sure, after this. Of course, of course, always. So silly. Okay, so yeah, people want to find you. Your Patreon, Jeremy Renta. Mike, yep, and you can find me on... It's Jeremy Renta. Yeah, uh, Voice Hands Heart is kind of on a pause right now, and I'm, you know, I'm not super integrating a lot of this stuff with that uh, Instagram as well. So, Jeremy Renta everywhere, R E N T A. And Witch Goddess Mama for me, AmySolara.com. Um, Witch Goddess Mama on Instagram, if you click the link in bio, has all the links for astrology readings, tarot readings, Akashic readings, um, Patreon page retreat sign up we are going to tulum again in january it's still happening and i'm having dreams about it so it's definitely happening um and yeah i think it's gonna be really wonderful to get out of all of this mess come Mm -hmm. the beginning of 2021 Mm -hmm. literally going back to the maya so that'll be fun um yeah and what what week is this full moon ceremonies coming up (laughs) (laughs) literally like every two weeks it's it changes you to start practicing that frequently because i used to only do new moon i kind of wanted to talk about that too i guess we can probably dip into it next week for full but um like it has been really interesting for me too since my practice has been so much more steady with the quarantine like i know that I've read in a lot of places that you, the best time to do practice, at least outside is like from new moon to full. And then from full moon to new, you want to stay out. You want, you don't want to go outside. You don't necessarily want to do your practice outside because the darker energies are kind of coming in and they can be a lot more present. And I have felt it since I've been working so much more in the light when the shadow has come, it has been thick. So, um, yeah, it's uh, that's something I would kind of like to discuss with you too, just when it comes to what your practice is, if it changes when you're uh, when the the moon is waning. Um, yeah, let's do that next week because that okay. moon cycles and alchemy actually work really well together. Okay, cool. Also, I hear screaming children. If you can't hear them, great because that means oh, I can. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They're having fun at least. Those are happy. That's good. Happy, yeah, happy screams. <laughs> All right, let me stop the recording. Thank you all.